Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Person, 
um, that just got into a bad situation last night also. Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. was in a an accident. A car hit him while he was a pedestrian, and um, he's in the, he was in a hospital with severe injuries. They released him this morning. Um, thank God that he's okay. But um, they said that he'll be out for a significant amount of time. So I don't have the extent of injuries or what happened to him. I just know that he was struck by a car last night also. Um, people are really taking life for granted, man. And getting to the age that I'm at, you know, I'll be 42 next month. It's like, thank God that I'm here. Thank God that I was able to see these numbers, man, because uh, some people just don't make it. No matter what's going on in their life, they could be a celebrity, they could be a high-paid person, they could be high-profile, whatever. People got to start taking life for granted, man. <laughs> and and it's some of the stuff you can't control, some of the stuff you can't control, but just knowing how close we are to a lot of these situations, especially being sports fans or sport analysts or people that break the game down or podcasters, whatever we're doing. Uh, people are people at the end of the day, man. At the end of the day, to me, that's, that, that's always been my slogan. Nobody's bigger or better than nobody. Some, some may feel that way, like, prestigiously, so on and so forth, but um, I'm a, in my heart, I'm a humanitarian to myself, man. I care about other people. And um, don't want to see people harmed like this or hurt. It's too much going on in the world today with a war in Middle East, with Gaza and uh, Israel. It's a war in Ukraine with, you know, Russia. And people are at it. This is a frenzy at this point in time. 2023, like, let's live. I, I, I don't know. Well, see, I'm trying my best to keep it together. Okay, let me let me get And I didn't even know the call board was lighting up. Let me get this thing right, uh, calling in by the Midwest region of the United States of America, uh, my sidekick co-host, Mr. Harvey Mike. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Hi, man. I'm I'm hanging in, TP, and uh, it's good to hear your voice, man. And you're right. It's a lot of uh, a lot of heavy things out there in the world, and I mean, listen, makes us. It should cause us all to stop and uh, take a minute and reflect on the things we do have. You know what I mean? But good morning to you, man. Thanks for having me. Good morning, definitely, man. Um, yeah, especially a day like this for it to be, you know, the Veterans Day weekend, so on and so forth. And um, like I said, with two athletes getting caught up in vehicular situations, it's like wow, like like this this is a a serious situation, man. Um, thank goodness Kelly's okay, but DJ Hayden, you know, passed on at the age of thirty three and and young and and was in the league and ended up retiring. Like he's a retired corner and you know, lost his life, man. But that, that's something that he couldn't control because they're saying the, the Chrysler ran the light and hit him. But hold on, hold on. We'll get into the show. I got a caller calling in uh, from the 475. Uh, what's your name? What's on your mind tonight? Caller out of the 475. Last four, three, three, seven, four. Oh, Rodri Jones. Hello. How are you, sir? You think I'd impress the the one I was just listening to the show? Uh, yeah, oh, okay, okay. Not, no, no. If you, if you want to chill, do you want to chill or you want to talk? Tell me, tell, tell me, tell me what you want to do. You want yeah, no, you want to talk or you want to? I'll, I'll talk. Well, I, just, uh, I just wondered if he was I was going to kick the show off, but yeah, um, what a date! To, I don't, you know, there's there's a game on over here in Germany, and it's the last game in the international series, so I thought I'd come on and and uh, share a few thoughts, but. Um, 
Yeah, just devastating news uh, about DJ Hayden, and you know, I, I heavy-hearted, obviously, um, great player, and so sad. You know, on a day like today, Ty, there's, there's protests in London today um, about the war in the Middle East. During Remembrance Sunday, and it's all it's all kicking off over here, bro. It's all you know, there's so much, so much hurt in the world, and it's it's, it's great that we can just do this, talk, do podcasts, talk about sports whatever we do, just to give people that mental break for as long as they need it, you know, as if this is not an hour a day or two hours a day. So I thought I'd, I'd come in and help you out and, you know, just give people a, a mental break from it all. Um, thank you very much. Well, then you sit still right there. And um, you're right. We we do need this. And, um, you know, show that we could <laughs> unite somehow, some way underneath all of this madness just like you saying like that's a hundred percent hit like um you don't you don't know what you can do from your your two hands and the the voice that god gave you but it's like what what can we do to help stop it or get get away from it but you can't you know cnn going crazy or uh what's the, the network out there the daily mail out there where you are it's like it's, it's so much man it's like non-stop and the news is always to keep you down like it ain't nothing uplifting. Like, hey, well, this guy won a billion dollar lotto and gave people a million dollars a piece. Like, none, none of that. We don't get none of that. We get, we get. Oh, they just bombed three hundred fifty people like this. That's the way of the world, man. I, I apologize, y'all. I don't want to. I don't want to be too down and out, y'all. I'm, I'm trying to get us up as best as I can, and I'm already starting out bad with, you know, the accidents and so on and so forth. But I still got some more bad news. To throw around here, that's for sure. But I do want to kick off, like Roddy said, just to get this game out the way because uh, we got the games at the end of the show, and I'm going to get into that too. But um, your guys' thoughts on this game with the Colts and the Patriots going at it, it's a low-scoring affair, which I figured would be that. But the team that's been taking care of business is not the team that I thought that would be up. I thought the Patriots would be actually taking care of business. Um, Mike, I'll come to you first. Your thoughts on the game right now with the Colts and the Patriots going at it? Uh, you know, this Patriots team has been has been strange. They won more than two, but they haven't looked very good a lot of this year. And you know, I kind of thought the Colts could get this done today, but it's one of it's it's hard to tell. Minshew's kind of been slipping lately, so really hard to tell how that was uh, was going to turn out. But I just have not. Despite one or two good performances, I haven't felt good going, you know, riding with the Patriots all year. There's just not a lot of talent on that roster. And I agree with you 100%. This is the crazy part about it. And I'm going to throw it to Rodgers, too, because I only want to steal from Rodgers. Um, no matter of fact, I'm going to give it to Rodgers because I don't want to steal from him. Rodgers, your thoughts on this game right now between the Colts and the Patriots, how it's starting off low-scoring affair, um, it's actually interesting for the, the viewers. Yeah, yeah, you never steal from me, Ty. Come on, man. You you just give, you don't steal. And uh, all the information I, that I've gathered over the years, you can steal what you want, bro. It's no problem. Look at what Jonathan Taylor's doing. I, you know, I thought the first thing Belichick would do was keep him in check, right? I mean, they think however you've got to do it, they just haven't done exactly. it. First half, he's been mm-hmm. he's been running right down their throats, man. And you know the pressure Gus Bradley's putting on, um, putting on Matt Jones and, and our Patriots offensive line. You know, it's been incredible. Odie Engbo, he's on his third sack. He's got three sacks already, Odie Engbo off the edge. I mean, he's going to lead the, lead the league in sacks coming out of this game the way he's playing. So, 
Um, a few surprises. Still a close game, though, guys. It's, it's only 7-3, you know, and uh, anything can happen. I'm expecting a couple of picks here. It's really just half, halfway through this game. And, you know, how good, how good is it that we're doing this show with with an actual game playing? I know it's early in the morning over there, but, you know, it's the way of the world. And it's getting uh, it's getting more serious, apparently. Apparently, they're looking at more now, Ty. And Spain, maybe, next year, I'm hearing. Australia, Brazil, uh, uh, you know. They could they could have games. Who knows where this thing's going? I agree a hundred percent. Um, this, <laughs> Roger, you got me caught in a fire right now. Like like now I'm gonna go crazy because um it is early over here. Um, it's eleven. I mean, for a football game, we usually up at one. You know, watching the games at one, but having to be ready at nine to watch a game, I you know, because they're overseas, I get it, right? But the NFL is just doing this for money. Like, because you're not going to have a full season develop over there. You're doing it for the five to six weeks, three in England and then three in, in Germany or however they spread it out. I get it. The money's there for them. Like, all day long, it's a billion-dollar atmosphere. It's going to happen. But, you know, the viewer, like, the viewer has to do so much. And Sunday being a regroup, to me, I'm, I'm going to speak on behalf of myself. I want to speak on behalf of y'all. Sunday's like a regroup day to get it together. Like, let me – let me rest as best as I can, but but knowing that it's football early in the morning, it's like okay, this is my sport, so let me watch it. You know what I'm saying? And you got to give us good games. At least this is a, a, an interesting game, but both of these teams are struggling. And and just like I said, I didn't want to steal from you, so I just want to say it the way that I want to. I really thought Belichick would be able to take care of Minshew. Like I thought that he would be able to like limit Jonathan Taylor as best as he could. And and make this a Minshew game, and Minshew's doing enough to manage to beat a Patriot defense, and the Patriot defense looks horrible right now. Like they can't get stops, and uh, even though the the Colts haven't been running the scoreboard up, it's like the Colts have this game within reason. I don't want to say within their the, the palm of their hand, so on and so forth, but they, you know, if the the Patriots were to score, I feel like they could get back into the game. The the Patriots aren't throwing a Colts a big threat at this point in time. Um, I'm actually going to make it scary in here, y'all. I hope y'all are ready because you guys have been coming to this kitchen week in and week out and entertaining the topic, and now I'm here to address it. I'm sorry, Sports City. I think this may be the end of Bill Belichick. I really oh. think this may be the end of Bill Belichick. I think – uh if not the end of this season, definitely next season. I don't care what happens. I don't care what draft pick they get. So it's, it's the Patriot way is done, um, and I'm really going to set fire in here. Um, Tom Brady was the, the to, what do I say, uh, pixie dust in New England. Now, Belichick was the great coach. Let me not take anything away from him, but it, it was the magic of Tom Brady being a six-round pick and, having that chip on his shoulder from California to Michigan to Massachusetts. That that was all time. I'm giving it all the time, Brady. There's no way that these Patriots look this bad. The Patriots look horrible right now. And and if he's if he's there, I know they probably won't be you know, uh at this point in time, what is week ten? They probably won't be a seven, eight win team. But the, the, the Patriots look this bad. This bad. For 20 years, these dudes, would, in 20 years, they went to 10 Super Bowls. Is that the number? Is it something like that? Yeah, 20. 20 so every other year they was in the Super Bowl? 
Cool. Yeah. And now, now they can't do nothing. And Bill Belichick was the one there, seeing it with all of that, and the Patriots' way and the practice, the way that he was pulling in people. None of none of that's there anymore. I know he know how to run a defense. I know he know how to run a team. I know he know how to talk to the media. It's over. I know at, at the end of the day, he's chasing records, trying to chase Shula and how many wins he could put up on the board, how far he could get in the 300. It's, it's, it's over. He's, I think he's 71. He'd be 72. He's the second oldest coach in the league, right behind uh, Pete Carroll. Um, I don't know how long he does it. At least Pete Carroll got the, the Seahawks in effect. Like, these guys are in motion. Like, Pete Carroll's able to keep this thing going. Um, I'm sorry, Sports City, but I, I, I'm, I've seen enough now. As much as I've tried to give Bill Belichick his flowers and say he's the GOAT coach, which I still feel he is. I'm not going to take that away from Belichick at all. I, I still feel like he got it. But um, after that Brady effect, he's looking like a normal coach. At be- well, right now he looks worse than a normal coach. But um, for people to just push them over, he had a quarterback at Mac Jones. He's not even a developing Mac Jones. He can't get a receiver in there to, like, spark the offense at all. It's all run game. These teams are ready for the run game. You got Stevenson in there running more than Zeke. Like, Zeke is disappearing in the offense. Zeke is a better runner to me. I I, I think it's over. But I, I got the, the, the call line is lighting up. I'm sorry, Sports City. I got us hot calling in out of the region of California. I got my big brother, Breaking News, Brian Hughes, in the building. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Good morning, fellas. How you guys doing? I am calling in from California. Just listening to the show. Great to hear uh, Rodri on with you, uh, Ty. Hear the uh, the across the pond perspective, and uh, yeah, I love uh, love the fact that um, we get another prime time game. You know, there's uh, you got sometimes seven, eight, nine games going at one time. Um, it's kind of nice, even if it is early, it's kind of nice to have, in my opinion, what, what is essentially another primetime game, um, not only for the fans across the pond, but even for us, because there's there's no other game going on at this moment. Okay, and we also have Mr. Controversy himself, Mr. Greenwood. Welcome to the bus. How are you feeling this morning? Oh, I'm feeling great, Ty. I mean, there is football when I wake up in the morning, which is great for me. Um, I didn't expect you to go so hard with the hot topics early, man. Come on. Sit here listening to the show. Just waiting for you to get that college football nonsense out of the way. Whatever baseball or basketball nonsense out of the way too. And getting getting myself ready for them picks and then then you drop a bomb like this. Nonsense? I'm speaking nonsense? Okay, Sports City. They got me started. Okay, no problem. Anything that's not the NFL is just second-class sports. Right, right. right. College football is not nonsense. (laughs) Even though I feel the Miami Hurricanes are nonsense, don't let me start talking about these punks, but you you can't say college football is nonsense. Cut it out. Oh, yeah, by the way, I hope you've been watching uh, Michael Penix Jr. too. I'll get to you in a second. Don't you worry. You better be watching him because this kid he might just be the Heisman. You better watch it. And, um, look, he got me started. I done lost track. Um, where was I? <laughs> um, okay, oh, so, Bill yeah. Belichick. And, uh, right, yeah. right, 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 right. So, go ahead. Either Brian or, or James, which, if, if you guys would like to speak on the matter between this Patriot game, Colts, or what I just said about Belichick, either or. 
Go ahead, James. You can start us off, man. So, so I've been. So it's funny you brought this up because I've been thinking about this for a hot minute. Um, for probably the better portion of a week since um since the last game that the Patriots were kind of disappointing in, and on one end you're right, you're one hundred and ten percent correct. This may be the end. This isn't only the end of the Bill Belichick individual as a head coach. This may be the end of the entire Bill Belichick coaching tree. And that's the thing. The Bill Belichick coaching tree has been garbage. The entire tree, like if you compare it to the Andy Reid coaching tree or the, you, you can just, uh, the, um, the San Francisco coaching tree. Like Bill Walsh, you can say Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bill Walsh coaching trait. Like coach at Stanford. The best coaches. The best coaches in league history have generated progeny of good or okay at least NFL head coaches. The only okay NFL head coach that came from the Bill Belichick coaching tree was Bill O'Brien. Everything else has been hot garbage. Josh McDaniels was hot garbage twice. Not even being able to finish the season. The only what about, what thing. What about Romeo Cornell? What about Romeo Cornell? What do, do Romeo Cornell Romeo, get credit? Romeo got Romeo got canned, dude. He got canned. He was okay in Houston, but, like, it, it's, like, even if you look at the, even if you look at some, like, the Pete Carroll coaching tree, which, if you were looking at accomplishments, all due respect to Pete Carroll, He's not nearly as accomplished as Bill Belichick. And I never thought I'd come to the day. I always thought it was like a 50-50. Every dynasty needs both a coach and a player. I'm not feeling that anymore. The only thing that's going to save Bill Belichick's job at this point is if, A, he's willing to give up the general manager position. Because he has not done a Thing once he's taken since he's taken over that role, he did not draft Tom Brady. Other people did. Once he had that coach slash general manager role, the team's been going downhill pretty much ever since. And okay, the other uh, thing is oh. the opportunity to be the winningest coach in football. He's 26 wins away. So if he gives up that GM, they will give him that three years to have a chance to catch up with Shula and Alice. I I think it's more than three years. I, I For him to get 20, I think it's, it, it is like 26 or 29. I think that's a number or something like that. I don't think he's going to average eight wins a season. Like, like the way that the Patriots are playing now, they got to have an extreme overhaul. 
the offense doesn't even look like that. Like, and Mac Jones is not the quarterback for tomorrow. Like, there is so there's more than Bill Belichick that needs to be changed there. Um, yeah, I agree with his whole tree. His his coaching tree is bad. Um, but I feel bad that a lot of the coaches get held to the fire like that because uh, I think Charlie Weiss is okay. But once he went to Notre Dame, it, you know, it kind of got washed up. Um, Flores got a bad shake. Uh, that was bad with Flores. I, I can't do nothing about that. And then the NFL need to investigate Miami. That, that's another thing, too. But, um, yeah, all of them. Like, and I, I had to speak about it tenfold right in my backyard with Matt Patricia watching that just unfold and him trying to bring the Patriot weight in uh, the Lions and, and him and Quinn try to run the Patriot stuff. And it was so bad that the four families up there said, both of y'all get out of here. Both of y'all, like not even just the coach. They looked at both of y'all like, like it, it, it's, it's sad that people are getting cosigns from other people's qualities or, or qualifications or what they brought to the table. This is this is the same way I look at like uh, Adam Gase and uh, Daniel Jones. Like D- Daniel Jones is getting a cosign from the Mannings. Like what? Like he ain't good. He's not good. And, and, and they and I, I got into a big argument with somebody that I'm still arguing with still to this day about Daniel Jones. Like people got to go out there and prove it. Since the rest of us in America have to do it. Like so. I, hey hey, I'm not saying no names. See look 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 see see people Sports City see look Jay. Hey, Brian, I'm sorry, trouble today. But, um, Brian, I'll let you go because I, I do want to kick around the show, man. There's a lot to get into, and I didn't even get out this, this first hiccup. But your thoughts on the, 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 the Patriots game against the Colts right now, and um, I, I told you I'm bringing fire. Your thoughts on, my, I guess, my stance on Belichick and the Patriots? Well, the game right now, I mean, listen, it, it, it features two below 500 teams that are – not very good. You would expect to see both offensive struggles to score. First team to reach 17 probably wins the game. So I'm just going to leave that there. But what I am going to say is this. I said weeks ago, Ty, and I know you will remember this. I said weeks ago that Bill Belichick should not be the GM of this team. That this team lacks talent um, in, a, in a very significant way. But I disagree with you and James as far as his tree, as far as coaching philosophy. I think Bill Belichick is probably one of the most misunderstood people in sports because he's not warm and fuzzy with the media or fans. And so I think he often gets – Overlooked. I think he's, I think he's incredibly loyal, which has been shown time and time again by um, him bringing back people. Um, I mean, hell, if I'm not mistaken, you tell me, Ty. I'm pretty sure uh, former defensive coordinator Matt Patricia came back and actually coached the offense, which we can all say was a huge mistake. But my point being is, is that he always. He always takes care of, quote-unquote, his guys. Now, as far as was there talent in that tree, I totally disagree with you guys on that as well. You know what? Nick Saban, he did a hell of a job with Miami when you consider where their cap was and you consider what he had to work with with that team. 
And I think at the college level, he's proven that he's a damn good coach. I think Brian Dayball won coach of the year last year. If he had a, if he had a halfway decent quarterback, he comes from that tree. He's a hell of a coach. He's proven to be a dynamic offensive mind. I was told Daniel Jones was better than Dak. This, they, uh, he got a credible quarterback. Yeah. They gave him 160 mil. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I, I get it. I, I, I've also been told white is darker than black, but I think we can, we both right, have two right. eyes. Well, we well Zach's not all that great either. Let's, let's, let's keep it 100. I'm just saying, listen, you know what? Listen, I can tell you that, a, you know, that a, I can tell you that a Mustang 5.0 is bigger than a semi, but then, you know, we could also, you know, just use our own right, two no, eyes no, to no, visually look and see what's right. going on. So, right. The point being is, listen, I've only named a couple guys. And you know what? I think some of the guys did get a little bit of a raw shake. You know what? I think Brian Flores is a hell of a coach. I think he's proven it again this year. I think he's proven it again this year as a defensive coordinator for Minnesota. That team is is okay talent-wise. They are not a great team. They are not a team that should be above 500. But he's come up with a good game plan. He's kept them close every game. And I'll give you guys some other guys that you probably wouldn't even put on your list. I understand you put Bill O'Brien. I think Charlie Weiss is a good coach. I think he's proven. I think, I think Romeo I Cornell. Think, I think me. Did I not say these two? Hold on. Hold on. I'm getting to my point. Okay. Even, even a guy like Josh McDaniels I think is a good coach. I think the problem is, is a lot of these guys, especially the younger guys, emulate who they are after the great Bill Belichick. And you can't go into a locker room with that kind of persona and that kind of swagger attempting to create that kind of culture if you haven't won multiple Super Bowls. You know, Bill Belichick was not Bill Belichick in Cleveland. Bill Belichick was not Bill Belichick we know now when he was in New York. And so, you know... (laughs) It is a hand-in-hand thing. I I, I still firmly believe, no matter what anyone says, you know, newer fans that maybe didn't get the opportunity to see some of his defenses, some of the gutsy moves that he made, like saying, you know what, Uh, we're going to go ahead and move on from, you know, say how. We're going to go ahead and move on from, you know, Richard Seymour. We're going to go ahead and move on from these guys knowing that he had younger guys that were ready to fill the role, but people, people were chastising him over and over and over again. Bill Belichick was a pioneer and at the forefront of letting a player go a year too early rather than a year or two too late. And I just think he's an incredible coach. You know what? One of the guys in, in the profession that I respect, you know, as a coach that, 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 that's currently around, a lot is Andy Reid. And even Andy Reid, and I think he's probably the most brilliant offensive mind of our generation. Kyle, you know, Kyle Shanahan gets a ton of credit. Um, you know, the uh, I'm drawing a blank right now. I apologize, but the uh, head coach for the Rams um, gets a ton of Sean credit. Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Thank you, McVay. Thank you, McVay. But, but I think Andy Reid is really that offensive mind. And we all saw what it looked like with Andy Reid when he had Kevin Cobb as his quarterback. I only say that to say it got him fired. So I only say that to say, you know what, 
it's got to be really hard to be in the position that Bill Belichick's in now with Mac Jones as your savior when for the last 20 years Tom Brady was your savior. Right. So <laughs> he's he's in an impossible position. But on the flip side, we've also seen good quarterbacks, good quarterbacks year in and year out miss the playoffs or not win championships because they don't have a Bill Belichick to, to, to micromanage a game in order to, you know, secure those W's. When's the last time Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl? I think pretty much universally everybody, you know, everybody considers him a top 15 quarterback probably of all time. He hasn't won, he hasn't won uh, any, anything recently. When's the last time the Dallas Cowboys won something? They've had a lot of good quarterbacks. I mean, you just look at the stats. You look at what you look at what Dak has done over his career. You look at what Tony Romo has done over his career. Why is that? Well, because it's got to be a perfect marriage between the head coach and the quarterback, and and not one or the other is more important. But you have to have that partnership. And I promise you, if you look at any any solid team that has won the Super Bowl in the last 20 years outside of don't give me the Eagles and a quarterback got injured halfway through the year I'm saying you're always going to have that marriage between an upper upper echelon quarterback and a good head coach and I think what you're seeing right now with Bill Belichick is Bill cannot do it on his own anymore he's not the talent evaluator he once was and he's not siphoning off players from Florida and Alabama like he used to. And so, in some aspects, maybe the league has caught up a little bit. You guys know how it is. When you have a team that's, that's doing well and playing well, or you see how certain teams that are successful use certain guys, you know, the, the league starts doing that. You don't see these undersized defensive ends you know, that are hell of, pa- hell of a good pass rusher that are now falling to the third or fourth round. It just doesn't happen. Well, New England used to feast on guys like that. You know, you don't see, you know, you don't see tall, long, lanky cornerbacks that are six one that are unbelievable and press men that, you know, are just dominant, but because they ran a 4-5-2, they fall to the second or third round, like that would have fit perfectly into the Legion of Boom. Because teams are understanding the value that these guys bring. And I think that that's part of it. And I I think that's where having a general manager, having somebody that really, truly understands analytics and and, and values them will help this team. You know, I said before, Ty, and I'll conclude the statement like this, I don't think there's a team in the NFL – and if there is, feel free to tell me. But I would even include teams like the Bears or Denver, you know, or any of the teams that, you know, uh, are not playing well. I don't think there's a team in the NFL that is less talented than the Patriots. There may be teams that have less losses, but I'm going to go ahead and directly attribute that to coaching and effort. I, I think that the, the Patriots are the most, the least talented team in the NFL. The pushback would be the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are bad. Panthers the are Panthers bad. are bad. The but, pushback um, right there. And then, and then, and then the second the situation, you said uh, uh, a team 
that has won the Super Bowl and it has to be a perfect marriage, the Denver Broncos. Peyton Manning was at the edge of his career and looked bad in the Super Bowl. Gary Kubiak is getting too much credit. I do not give Kubiak credit at the coaching position. I don't. Oh, I do that hard. I do that. No, that, that's, that's not even close to accurate. Gary Kubiak, if you watch what Gary Kubiak did, wherever he went, Texas, he was on the Niners as an offensive coordinator for, for a hot minute. He was um, – wherever he's went, those offenses have improved and improved dramatically. He is a fantastic coach. Now – He said as a head coach, James. Yeah, but, I mean, it's – no, Gary Kubiak – like, Gary Kubiak made the Houston Texans outperform their talent like you're saying that Bill Belichick is doing for his team, even though they're two and seven right now. Like, let's forget the name and look at the talent versus what that coach got out of those players. And I think you'll see that Gary Kubiak is a phenomenal coach. I feel like he could piece together offenses, yeah, but at the he said between the coach, the player, the GM, all of that had the mesh. That one season was like a gift wrap season for the Denver Broncos. Gift wrap. Peyton Manning was horrible you know right what? there. He looked, he looked, he looked horrible right there. And you know what, Ty? It, it, it's totally he okay. He because when you when you have when it takes that much effort and that much time to come up with one out of 20 seasons, it kind of proves my point. And you know what? I'm not thinking a person like... on the planet. There's not a person on the planet that believes Peyton Manning won that Super Bowl. He got his ass dragged right, to exactly. a second Super Bowl. It, 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 I agree a thousand percent. Yes, that's my big brother right there. That's him. <laughs> Can I just say something, guys? You know, like we talk about we talk about buildings and you know what they set up in New England. You look at what a guy like Ernie Adams done for for Bill Belichick. You look at what a guy like Scott Pioli did for Bill Belichick as a as a general manager and bringing bringing that talent in, bringing Brady in. You know, it's like what what Bill Belichick's skill has always been to me is is getting guys to do jobs, getting the right people. Like yeah, yeah, Nate Ebner who played rugby sevens as a safety and a special teamer, Matt Slater, you know, guys like that, Bushki, Vrabel, these guys wasn't the most talented players, but they done a, they done a great job in, in the system of Belichick created from parcels, right? So, I mean, it's like, that's what he does. So all these other teams trying to recreate the Patriot way, it's not, it's not going to work because right. they can't do it because it's not Belichick. I mean, you look at a guy mm-hmm. like Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz, a great, great assistant coach, not necessarily a good head coach. You know, mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels, great assistant coach, not necessarily a good head coach. And that's Joe Judge, the same, you know, white. <laughs> now, all these guys, same, you know. They're good right. assistant coaches, not good head coaches. And that's, that's the legacy. You can't recreate the Patriot Bay. You can't do it. Although I, I actually just disagree with uh, the Jim Schwartz take too. I think Jim Schwartz was 
severely kneecapped by his general manager as well. Um, what did I say though? Say that too short. I said he's a better assistant than he is a head coach. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I mean every head coach is a better assistant than a head coach. Like Andy Reid would be a better assistant than a head coach. You would love to have no, Andy no, no, Reid. No, no, no. Not necessarily. I mean, Jim, Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz oh. is a defensive coordinator. That's outstanding. As a head coach, not so much. About half the stuff. Like, I could imagine an Andy Reid offensive coordinator would have his offense even in a better position than the um, than the Chiefs are in right now. Because you say, hold on. Wait, wait, hold on. Hell no. Wait, wait, wait. Hell no. No, no, no. Okay, Andy Reid's makeup, yes, he may have came from being a coordinator, so on and so forth. Andy Reid turned the Eagles around. You know that, right? Of, of course. Let's not, not get lost in Kansas not City. Let, let's not get that. lost in Kansas City. Let's not get lost in Missouri. We'll, we'll talk on. about his whole resume as a head coach. You just said, what the hell, though? Andy Reid hey. is a better coordinator than a head coach? I'm, I'm not. I'm pushed back like a mother. Everyone would love to have Andy Reid as an offensive coordinator. It's of course. Undeniable. Andy Reid do that. Why would Andy Reid do that? I mean, he's arguing. He got, he got the best head coach of all time. Let's let's be let's be one hundred about it. I'm just saying that it's just a. But do you think he would be worse as an offensive coordinator than he would be as a head coach? No, I didn't say that. You said that. I said Jim Schwartz. No, that's what Ty is saying. Ty is saying, oh, wait, wait, that's just a weird statement. It is a weird statement, but not in the way that he thinks. Like, every head coach that has an offensive background would be better as a coordinator than as a head coach. I mean, he's about to win a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes. He just just won a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes. Why would he become an offensive coordinator? Everything he's saying is legitimate. saying is that um, just because they would be better as a coordinator does not mean they would be a bad head coach. That's what I'm saying. And and I yeah. use Andy Reid as the example because obviously Andy Reid is a spectacular head coach. He was kneecapped by having Donovan McNabb all those years. Um, but at the end of the day, head coach is a harder position. So obviously – no matter who you are as a head coach, you're better as a coordinator than a head coach. I'm not. Because I'm, standard no. at least At least Andy Reid case, I don't know. From like Rich Kotite and all of them coaches that was in Philly, for him to turn Philly around and have them in NFC Championship games with the quarterback that you do not like at Donovan McNabb, like he had Donnie going crazy. And then got out of there and got to Kansas City, and now he's one of the most prestigious head coaches in the league right now in the discussion with Belichick and you're telling me to demote his, 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 you know, what he brought to the table to make him a coordinator? What? Oh, no. Okay, okay, wait, 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 because Mike has been chilling. Mike has been chilling. Mike, your thoughts on the discussion? I told you I brought fire. I told you I brought fire. Your thoughts on the discussion right now, Mike? So, I think that uh, you know, I'm honored to still think of Belichick as a member of the Parcells tree, uh, to be honest with you. And that tree's had more success than 
than the Belichick tree has. But, this, I mean, this is a case of, I mean, I don't take away anything from Belichick as far as his ability to coach guys. But this was the perfect marriage with, with guys like Scott Peel and other guys to bring in Tom Brady and get the right collection of talent for this guy to coach. I mean, to me, it's obvious. You make the playoffs one year and you get blasted with Mac Jones at quarterback. You don't have the quarterback. You don't have the components in place to uh, continue to win. And so it does look more and more like, even though that uh, this is a perfect marriage between player and coach, uh, what Tom Brady was able to orchestrate there and what, and what he was able to do uh, makes it to where, like, okay, if we do it, uh, if we try to settle in court after the split, I'm not sure that everything gets split down the middle 50-50, like a lot of people really thought that it it did uh, before. Um, And to me, the best, just to give you an idea of the coaching tree, even though he came off the same one, uh, the best assistant off the Belichick coaching tree has had his success at the college level anyway, and that's Nick Saban. Uh, so there, there really hasn't been any real, like, earth shakers, if you will, off that Belichick tree at the NFL level, in my opinion. Okay, Brian, I, I know you told me you wanted to say something, and then uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. I'm just going to give an analogy, Ty. I'll keep mine short. <clears throat> I, uh, You know, I respect James, but I think he's totally misguided in 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 the thought process of head coach versus, versus uh Position offensive, you know, offensive or defensive coach, correct, being right, easier right, right. or more <clears throat> difficult. It's no different than you working at your job, and you could be an A plus employee. That doesn't mean you're going to be an A plus leader. You could be really good at doing the job, and not be really good at um, managing others. And I would say the same thing is true the other way. I've seen plenty of people, uh, and I'll just use John Harbaugh, who never was an offensive or defensive coordinator. There's plenty of people out there that are motivators, that are leader of men, that are, that are managers, time managers, that are really good at the head coaching gig. They realize that it's about more than just the offense or defense. It's about hiring the right personnel around you. It's about having the right people that buy into the system in the building. And I don't necessarily think one or the other is better or worse or, you know, there are different skill sets that are required. That's the reason why you see guys that have an absurd amount of success as offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators that fall flat on their face. And, and, like Rodri said, Josh McDaniels is a great example, and I don't think that has anything to do with how talented New England is. You know, obviously, Matt Jones' best year was under McDaniels as his OC. 
And I think that that's very indicative of the fact that he is a very smart individual that's able to come up with mismatch, figure out ways to to um, to emphasize or his team benefit from the strengths of his teams while working against the weaknesses of other teams. He's not – it doesn't seem like he's a good head coach. Everything that we've seen and heard. The players literally rejoiced and celebrated when he left – when he left left Las Vegas. If you're a good yeah. leader, your team does not do that when you leave. So it doesn't matter how good the X's or O's are, if you're the head coach, uh, your primary job is to make sure that the position coaches that you've put in place and that the, the team that you've surrounded yourself with, that they're in the best possible position to succeed. And you're the captain of the ship. And I just think, you know, it's easy to say, well, they only have to worry about one position group. It's easier. It's a totally different skill set, totally different skill set. And the guys that have been coordinators that have went on to be head coaches and had a lot of success just shows you that they have many attributes that are valuable. Okay, so, I'm gonna do the best that I can. Or go, go ahead, James, and I, I, I got to try to run this because we, I ran over like crazy. I wasn't even looking at the clock. Go ahead. So, what what you said is not untrue, but here's where my point comes in. You have never seen a great head coach that was trash as a coordinator. John Harbaugh was a phenomenal special teams coordinator. That's what his position was. Was He was an offensive or defense coordinator. He was a special teams coordinator. That's what his job was. Um, and, but he did it better than anybody else in the league. That's how he got his position in Baltimore. James, how many, how many coordinators do you think get interviewed for head coaching jobs, promotions, if they suck at their job? But that more exemplifies my point than goes against it. No, like, it doesn't. What, what it says is, is you have to have the you have to have the skill set of both in order to be a good head coach. Lots of people get opportunities. Only thirty-two people succeed. That's the point. If you are incapable of running an offense, you are incapable of running a team. That's the point. That's my entire point. My point, as far as Jim Schwartz was concerned, was he was kneecapped by the talent that Matt Millen provided him. So I believe that Jim Schwartz should get a second chance at that apple. In spite of what happened in Detroit, where they had somebody preposterously incompetent choosing his players. And going back to the point that I said before, if any team in the league, let, let, let's just put this, would Andy Reid, if he was an offensive coordinator for his entire career, be the best offensive coordinator of all time? The answer is beyond words, yes. He would be. 
there's no question that that is the accurate answer to that question. If you if you want to fight me on it, I'll fight you on it. I, I would well, be the best offensive uh, coordinator of all time. You're saying if he stayed as a coordinator, though, but he didn't. That is questionable at best. Questionable at best. And you can say that about any head coach. If you had that opportunity to have Bill Belichick as a defensive coordinator again and have him for that his entire career, he would be better at that than he was the head coach, even though arguably he's the greatest of all time. It would be inarguable if he remained a defensive coordinator his entire career. That was the point of my statement. I don't know if that got misconstrued somewhere, but I don't think that's assailable as a point. Yes, it does. Like the head coach and the coordinators have a different skill set, but it is not possible to be a good head coach without being a good, being able to be a good coordinator. Whereas the opposite is entirely true. Yeah, but okay. But that's the ability to do so, James. Like like yes, he has the ability to run an offense. Like he's a head coach at the end of the day and you can't take that away from Andy Reid. Andy Reid is wearing the show in Pennsylvania and Missouri and has been successful in both areas. In both in my opinion, Andy Reid is the is a top three coach of all time. I honestly might put him above Belichick at this point. Cut it out. Because, All right. Uh, let me let me let me look 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 listen. Let me let me go. Let me go because we've been here all day long. Four City. Um, I gotta get away from this, James. You better um, the front <laughs> office or something, just because um, this is not over. Um, I gotta do this as fast as I can. I didn't even talk about the college scores. I'm gonna just do the scores, uh, Sports City, for college. I, I had so much to cover with college, but I can't. Um. And then get into the our picks. Um, Thursday, Louisville beat Virginia thirty-one to twenty-four. I apologize if I'm behind schedule. I, I told you I'd bring a fire. This joint lit up. Um, Louisville wins thirty-one twenty-four. Uh, starting at the top twenty-five throughout Saturday. Ohio State beats Michigan State to a bludgeon, thirty-eight to three. Georgia bludgeons Ole Miss fifty-two to seventeen. People, um, and now I'm going to get caught. Um, Lane Kiffin's overrated. <laughs> That's funny. Lane <laughs> Kiffin is overrated. He went to this game, thought he was going to put up a good game. Um, Georgia put up 600-something yards offense or Ole Miss. You can't fix it or figure this out. Go back to the drawing board. You are you are not uh, up there with the elite. You you could draw it in because of your name value and where you've been, but Georgia just clearly outmanned you like crazy. 52 to 17. Wow. Um, Michigan Michigan gets away with their win up against Penn State 24-15 and an emotional victory without Harbaugh. I, I wanted to talk about the Harbaugh situation. This is crazy. Uh, the coach, at, uh, the interim coach at that point in time uh, shared a whole bunch of emotion at the end of the game and broke down and, and was really into like trying to shout out Coach Harbaugh. Uh, I got to give him effort you know, credit for his efforts for the team and having everybody ready for this game and um their running back went crazy. They they listen, do you know and this is this is bad. Um Penn State couldn't stop the run at all. So bad that Michigan did not run a pass play the entire second half. 
they ran the ball every play, every play, and beat Penn State and Penn State. I, I know, Roger, and that's that's the bad. And this is what I say, and I know it pisses serious off and so on. So Penn State is overrated, and I'm tired of that year in, year out, year in, year out. Penn State this, Penn State that. They play their first six or seven games, and they get smacked by Ohio State. They get smacked by Michigan. It's always like that in the Big Ten. Miss me with that. I'm from Missouri. Show me. I'm tired of all of that Penn State, Iowa. I'm, I'm done with the Big Ten. The Big Ten to me is Ohio State, Michigan, and the, and the Supremes or something like that. It, I don't care no more about the Big Ten. It's, it's, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Um, this one hurt me the most. Florida State beats Miami 27-20. to 20. Sports City, <laughs> this is personal. Um, I think something's up in Miami. I don't know what Crystal Ball is up to. Tyler Van Dyke, just just leave school. Just go to the league or whatever you're trying to do, Canada, whatever. Just please do what you got to do. You mean to tell me you're the year starter, you're going to sit out, and then when Emory Williams goes down, you're back up as a true freshman, and you come in and try to play the last series and then throw a pick again? Like, something's wrong there. I don't know what's going on with Van Dyke and Crystal Ball. They need to investigate that. That's that's bad, especially in a rivalry game. Van Dyke is trying to, you know, I think raise or lift his stock and sits out the Florida State Miami rivalry game. I I just don't get that. I don't get it. Um, and I could go on for hours about that. I'm gonna chill. The next one, uh, Washington beats Utah 35 28 in uh, a nail biter. This was going back and forth. Michael Penix, can you get to the finish line? Everybody's gonna be gunning for you. I want to see how this works out. I, I I really want to scream this. The Heisman winner is coming out of the Pac-12. I don't care how you look at it. Between Penix, Bo Nix, I doubt if Caleb gets there. I doubt if Shador gets there. But it, it's going to be one of them names out of the uh, the Pac-12. These guys have been actually playing ball, and Penix has been putting Washington on his back and been able to do it in a high-scoring fashion. But 35-28 in the nail-biter. Oregon beats USC 36-27. I didn't get to talk about this last week because I'm, I'm still, you know, got issues with the cold, but this is the bad part about this poor city. I seen Caleb Williams go into a game and have a dog fight, lose and start crying, bro. Start crying. Cause you know, he is doing everything he can for USC and Lincoln Riley. You sitting up there and not putting up no defense. Do you know before, I can include this week, so 36. Let me put 36 aside. Before this Oregon game, the last two games before that, USC gave up 101 points in two games. Include this game, they gave up 137 points in three games. That is disgusting. Fire Lincoln Riley. Fire him. Unless he's, you, that's all you want him to do, just keep bringing offensive talent but not uh, lifting up the defense and they fire the defensive coordinator. It doesn't get better. Like, that's ridiculous. He got questions to answer, and, and they already got – let me keep going. Sports City, I can get lit off of this stuff. This is I, I wanted to talk about it last week, but I was out of it. Um, Texas wins their nail-biter in an in-state rivalry up against TCU 29-26. Alabama cruises and beats Kentucky 49-21. Oregon State blasts there for 62-17. Missouri with a shocker of the day and a blowout up against Tennessee 36-7. Blowout of the day to me and shocker upset mega bomb 
UCF beats Oklahoma State 45-3. to Oklahoma State has been playing good football all season long. Their running back has been going absolutely crazy, and they get completely shut down and waxed in Central Wax. Florida. In Central uh, Florida. Uh, I couldn't hear you. Say it again. I can't hear it. Okay, Um, the next one, Kansas is upset at home up against Texas Tech. The quarterback did go down. Texas Tech finally plays defense in like 50 years. 16-13 in Lawrenceville. Um, Oklahoma comes back, bounces back after their loss, beating uh, West Virginia 59-20. to LSU puts up 52 up against Florida, 52-35, th- to in which Jaden Daines put up 606 yards passing. And, and I think this is an LSU record, too. This guy went absolutely crazy up against Florida. I have my issues with the Florida Gators. The Florida Gators, I don't know when you guys bounce back and find yourselves like the, you know, the Tim Tebow days and when these guys are really mean or something. Florida's a push around in the SEC. I, I, you guys got to do something. That's, that's bad with all the talent that they do have. Arizona uh, wins a nail-biter at the end of the game up against Colorado in Boulder, 34-31. When does Deion turn this thing around? Iowa shuts out Rutgers 22 to nothing. Tulane wins their matchup against Tulsa 24-22. North Carolina blows out Duke. No, no, not not blowout. I'm sorry. It's a, it's a gunfight. 47-45. I, I saw that differently. 47-45 with uh, North Carolina winning this one in Chapel Hill. And rounding out the top 25 is Kansas beating Baylor 59-25. to um, I would love to try to get you guys' thoughts on college because there's a lot of us in here. But I, I really can't because we only have less than half an hour unless I extend. I can extend the show. I can um, <laughs> but these dudes went crazy. When the, huh? <laughs> Say that again. Say it again. I said I can be quick. Give me two minutes. I can be quick. <laughs> okay, go ahead, Mike. I'll let you go. Go ahead. Now, I 100% agree with you on uh, USC. You tried to make it a game late. I know it doesn't look great in Miami, but I feel like you guys are really on the come up. Uh, you know, 606 total yards for Jaden Daniels. He had 384 passing and 220-something rushing the ball yesterday. That was a record for most yards in a game by LSU Tiger. That's impressive to me, Jaden Daniels. It, as bad as this defense has been, it's unfortunate, but he has to be uh, in this Heisman discussion. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but he has to be in the discussion with the numbers that he's been able to put up this year. And all the talk about Lane Kiffin, like, I, I 100% agree with you, but I got to give him props, too, because he got asked, and I don't give Lane Kiffin props very often, but he got asked after the game if he was worried about his team being eliminated from playoff contention, and he just said, quite frankly, we didn't look like a playoff team today anyway. So we didn't look like we deserved to be there. So at least uh, he owned it. And I just saw a thing a couple of hours ago, uh, we'll see if it's actually going to happen, but there's always been all this talk about the buyout. But I just saw a thing a couple of hours ago that said that Texas A&M may be about firing Jimbo Fisher this morning. Yeah, I was, I was, I have that on docket. I'll just get to the scores as best as I can. Um, but yeah, that that's what we have right now. College, uh, Bry or Roger or no, I know James over. Bry or Roger, is there anything you guys would like to say about college before I get into our our picks? I'm going to keep it really short, man, a really short, because I, I know we're, we're limited on time. Uh, Duke 
without their star QB, played a hell of a game yesterday. Ty, we talked about this, I think, like week, week two or three of the season, and I told you, I said, uh, I think they might be potentially a playoff team. I think if their star quarterback didn't go down, I, I think they would be a playoff team. They played every single team. They played this year super tough. You already mentioned about R.J. Harvey and uh, the UCF Knights. Uh, what a shellacking. Very, very seldom do you see a team win 45-3 to and think to yourself that that was actually a mercy. They, they provided mercy. It was 24-0 at half. I, I really thought they were going to hit 60. And finally, you mentioned it. We've talked a little bit about <clears throat> the QBs in the Pac-12. And with QBs playing longer and longer, hey, listen, I got to tell you, you know, probably because he gets more help than Caleb does, but Bo Nix looks really good. I've already told you how I feel about Michael Penix. Um, and, and, and you know, I, I think all three of those guys are probably, you know, and I could be wrong, but I think all three of those guys potentially go in, in like the top 50 picks, top round and a half. And I do got to tell you, because we weren't able to get to it, Utah versus Washington. Washington picks off Utah late in that game and literally drops the ball at the one-yard line running in to celebrate and almost cost them the game to go undefeated. So what a bonehead, knucklehead play. But I think it's good good that it happened now to refocus that team. Roger, uh, yeah, anything that you'd like to do? All right, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll be very quick. Yeah, it was Brian that played. That, I was like, uh, I remember Chad Johnson doing something like that for Oregon State back in the day. And then uh, Deshaun Jackson in the NFL, he was he was like three yards away from the end zone when he let go of the ball. He wasn't even close. I don't even know. I can't I can't imagine what was going through his head. But I'm very impressed with um, with uh, Maserati Marv Marvin Harrison Jr. again yesterday and Romo Dunn's. I think those two are definitely going top 15 receivers. And, and Brian, like you said, that the quarterback class next year with May and Williams, Bo Nix, Penix, you know, even Sanders, and you know, who knows, like. When it was, there's, there's so many that we could have in the first, potentially in the first round. It's going to be crazy um, for quarterbacks next year. Wondering what Chicago will do, but uh, yeah, it's just I think I think last point putting Jim Harbaugh, taking him off the sideline and putting him in the box. That, what Michigan done to use that as motivation? Fantastic. Remind reminded me of the Flate Gate again with Belichick and. and it, the Patriots, you know, a little bit of um, adversity, and they, they all, they all tweeted back BET on the, on it, on it, tweets for tweets, and it, it, it really brought them together. Blake Corum was outstanding, um, with under 45 yards. As TP said, you know, the way they run that ball at the end, that that Michigan team is looking really good. So, yeah, they're gonna take, take some beating. Hey Ty, one last thing, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved them. Started off three and zero. They were the they were the team. Everybody, the Cinderella team. They're going to finish. The, they're going to finish the the season one and nine. They end up with four wins. Uh, doesn't quite look like it started. That's for sure. Thousand percent, Brian. You're going to get me started. Damn it, you get on my nerves. Um, I I okay. I want to see Dion do well, right? I want to see him come out and do what he needs to do, right? Everybody got caught in this craze and. The black and gold, everybody want to go out there because Dion out there lit and going crazy. Now everybody's Colorado fans. Where are all of y'all at now? Where's everybody <laughs> at now? Ain't nobody keeping that Colorado stuff. Everybody just fell away from me and Florida State fans or 
Texas fans and whatever fan they was to be Colorado fans. Colorado stink right now. Now y'all not screaming no Colorado this, Colorado that. Even D, I talking about y'all better get me now. What happens when both of them leave? When Shiloh and Shadur leave? I don't think Dion's staying there. I don't think Dion's staying in the middle of Colorado to turn that thing around. That school was bad before he got there. He won a couple of games. He beat TCU, and now everybody jumped on that high horse saying, "Oh, he beat TCU." Do you know what TCU looked like right now? TCU was horrible. After after that loss to Colorado, they fell all season long. So like. I feel like that's an overrated win in itself. People do not, you know, chase that temptation at the end of the day. Let it let it all unfold at the end of the day. Um, I think Shador leaves. I think his son leaves this year, goes into the league, because there's opportunity for him to get picked up now. And um, it, it's going gonna, gonna to stay the same in Colorado. I think once uh, Travis Hunter gets ready to leave next year – it's a wrap. Dion is leaving Boulder. I don't. He's getting that money for now, and that's that. I, I, that's how I feel. Let me get into these these predictions, Sports City, because I could do this all day long, and these dudes got me hot. And um, I didn't even get to get to half of what I wanted to do. I wanted to talk a little NBA, a little bit. Couldn't even do that. I wanted to get the Jimbo Fisher topic out. Couldn't get to that. Uh, Harbaugh, that situation in Michigan. That oh my God, I wanted to blow that up, but. It's hot in the kitchen, Sports City. So, first things first. Um, damn, we lost Brian. Oh, he's back. Okay, I got Brian back to you. Okay, so the first game we have of the day are the Houston Texans going into Cincinnati up against the Bengals. The Bengals are favored by five and a half. Jamar Chase is a go today. Mike, I'll come to you first. Your thoughts on the game. Who do you like in this game, Texans or Bengals? I like Cincinnati, but I'm impressed with C.J. Stroud, and I'm impressed with what Houston is doing. But uh, I think Cincinnati found something. Uh, Joe Burrow's healthy, and I think they're playing pretty well. So I, uh, I'm i going with Cincinnati in this game. But I think it's going to be much closer than people would have thought a month ago. James, who do you like your wise, Bengals or Texans? Um, I'm taking the Bengals just for you fancy football players out there. T. Higgins is not a goad this week. So if you have him in your lineup, pull him out of that. But ever since the um, the calf healed for Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals have been on a tear. The most – the most um, – Unexpected team to be winning so many games this year is Houston Texans, but not. I'm taking Cincinnati. Okay, Roger, who do you like in the game, Bengals or Texans? Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bengals. Sorry, go ahead, Roger. Go ahead. You need the money. I'm going to take the Bengals. I think Lou Amaruna is going to have a, a plan for CJ Stroud. But that's, I've got to say, CJ Stroud, the tank Dell is unbelievable. That, that How they hook it up as rookies is, is just incredible. And um, what he did last week, CJ Stroud, is unbelievable. But I think he's going to have a bit of a tougher time in the jungle today in Cincinnati. I think uh, they're going to be ready for him defensively a bit more. And um, look out for Boyd to fill in for, for Higgins and, and, and Joe Marches and Joe Mixon will go off hopefully today and and get a win for the for the Bengals. Okay, Brian, who do you like in this game, Texans or Bengals? I'm going to go with the Bengals. They're the more complete team. 
clean sweep. I'm going Cincinnati. I got Jamar Chase. I need this boy to get me back in that doggone game for my fantasy selections. Okay, the next game we have is a very interesting one, and I have to watch this game indirectly. The New Orleans Saints go into Minnesota up against these Vikings. They both are notched at 5-4. and four. The Saints are favored by three, in which Michael Thomas just got arrested. This dude just got arrested. Oh. What the hell is going on in New Orleans with their receivers? Olave got arrested. Michael Thomas just got arrested. What the hell is going on? Yo, y'all better stop partying. Or don't know, but he, he got caught in an argument, man. I don't really want to get too much into detail about that. I'm going to let Brian go first. Brian, your thoughts on this one? Saints or Vikings? Uh, I'm actually going to go with the Vikings. I'm going to go I'm gonna go with the hot team. I'm going to go with the better quarterback. Sorry, Mike, but, you know, I've got to keep it real. I told you guys whoever picked up Dobbs at the trade deadline, that he was a good quarterback, that – to be able to help somebody, I think Minnesota handles business at home. Roger, who do you like in this game? Vikings, Saints. If Josh Dobbs could do what he did last week um, for, without meeting any of the players and not even knowing the, not even knowing the playbook, uh, well, why can't he do it this week? I think he's going to have another nice game uh, and a great coaching job uh, as well in, in, in Minnesota at the moment. It's just outstanding. So, yeah, I'm uh, thinking – Thinking Vikings, Olave versus Addison. Looking forward to that little matchup at receiver. Two rooks going at it, so should that should that should be interesting. But um, sorry, uh, Olave, but just just looking at uh, the receivers going at them two going up against each other should be exciting. So going with the Vikings, Mr. Greenwood. Who do you like, Saints or Vikings? Oh, I'm going to go against the, against the trend. I'm going to take the Saints at home. Only no, no, no. Out. It's in Minnesota. It's in Minnesota. Damn. Oh. You know what? I'm taking the Vikings. Oh. I don't want to <laughs> take the Vikings. I do. This, this is, this is going to be an exciting game to watch. Let's yeah. be real. Um, this is going to be the hardest game to pick of the week. But I think I'm going to take the Vikings just so I can't drop behind breaking news Hughes. I have, I have to do that. Um, Michael Harvey, my pick is the New Orleans Saints. I'm with you, okay? I need you to go <laughs> up here and take care of business up here. You hear me? I need you to take care of business right now, okay? So I'm going Saints. Mike, give me your reason. What do you guys do? Do you guys win or lose? You know, the Saints have had a lot of bad luck in this building uh, and have really not done well in Ooh, Minnesota. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, but I'm oh, I'm going to say, I'm going to go against conventional wisdom because, you know, my head wants to pick the Vikings, but I, I think the Saints can get this done. I, I think that uh, they, can, they, can, they can do enough things to try to confuse uh, Josh Dobbs and try to break up some of that chemistry that he really hasn't had the chance to build with those receivers. Um, I, I think that the Saints can find a way to pull this out. So, uh, you know, Mike T got released the same day, and he should be active today. Alave isn't driving to this game, so uh, he'll, he should be okay. Uh, I, I think it's going to be close, and, and I think it's going to be, you know, if the Saints win, I think they're going to win ugly and kind of leave me scratching my head. But I think Houdat Nation finds a way to get a win in Minnesota. 
and, you know, do a little bit to sort of get that monkey off their back. I'm with you. I'm with you, Mike. I'm with you 100%. Come on, Stace. I need you, man. You bike is getting hot at the wrong time, man. At the wrong time, I need him to calm down. But you just totally reminded me about the, the, the Minneapolis miracle. I forgot about that. Damn it, I forgot about that. So it's history there. Okay, the the next game I have is the Packers and the Steelers. This takes place in Pittsburgh. Um, I'll come to you first on this one, Roger. Who do you like in this game, Packers or Steelers? I got more confidence in the Steelers at home at the moment. Um, I think, yeah, I think Tomlin, Tomlin's got, got, him, got him going a little bit with Matt Canada calling plays on the sideline. I think that's helping him offensively. Um, bringing Johnson, Johnson's come back. They've looked a lot better. Pickens is going to have a better game this week than he did last week. Look for Pickens to have, have a big game for, for Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh get, get a win at home, but it uh, should be a good game. I agree. I'm going with the Steelers as well. Mike, who do you like in this game, Packers or Steelers? I got the Steelers. I think they're the better team. I question their quarterback, but I just think overall they're a more talented squad, and I think they win at home. Brian, Packers or Steelers? Uh, I'm going to go with Green Bay, actually. I think Ooh. Green Bay is going to be able to run the ball. Uh, I think that, I, I think that Green Bay Green Bay handles business on the road, and I haven't been overly impressed with the Steelers' offense all year long. This will be another game where they score probably 17 points, and I think that Green Bay just clips them. I'm gonna say it's like 21 to 17. James, who do you like in this pack of the Steelers? So I guess they don't have to worry about falling behind Brian this week because I'm taking the Steelers. Um, He's chasing him. It's just no. no. You're going to fall way behind you keep picking like that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. Oh. We'll see about that. I'll keep the receipt. But um, uh, oh, I'm, I'm, taking the, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm taking the Steelers. Jordan Love is not the QB of the future for the, the Packers. Maybe the next one will be, but we'll wait and see. I'm taking the Steelers. This game I have right here is a very intriguing matchup. Um, they both are three and five. The home team is favored by two and a half, and there's already rumblings about the quarterback position. The Tennessee Titans are on the road in Tampa up against the Buccaneers, in which I read an article today that Tampa is interested in trying to put trask in, but Baker is still running the show. This will be interesting if Baker loses the job again. It's like, what happens now? What happens now? But they're both three and five. Um, I'm going to go first because I just picked them up this week. I'm going with the Titans. <laughs> the Titans on the road, I feel like they could go into Tampa Bay and steal this game. Um, James, I'll come to you. Your thoughts on this game, Titans or Bucks? I'm going to be real. I didn't like Will Levis coming into the NFL draft that year, but he's better than Baker. I'm taking the Titans. I hope y'all know Will Levis is from Connecticut. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, Mike, who do you like in this game, Titans or Bucks? Um, I'm going to go with Tampa at home. I don't feel good about it, and I agree so far early returns that I was wrong on Will Levis. I'll admit that for sure. Uh, but 
I just think Godwin Evans. I think a few too many weapons. I think the I think the Bucks find a way to win. Ryan, your thoughts on this game, Titans or Bucks? Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Mike. I'm gonna go with the Buccaneers uh, at mm-hmm. home. I don't particularly love either of these teams, but uh, young rookie QB on the road. I'll take the Bucks. I like it. It's a two-two split. Me and James Titans, Brian, Mike, Bucks, Rodri, you are the tiebreaker. Who do you like, Titans or Bucks? Just based on what uh, what CJ Stroud done to that Buccaneers defense last week. I mean, he had he, he almost had 500 yards against him. He's just throwing it all over the place. If they can't stop the pass, will um, will yeah, will Levis will have. A similar day because uh, they just they did last against the pass. They look terrible. Even though it's in it's in Raymond James Stadium, Titans go in there. Yeah, I, I'm picking the Bucks. I think they have a rebound. I think Mayfield gets it done. I think Evans has a big game, and uh, something goes right from there. I feel I feel the Bucks at home. I I oh they should get it done against a rookie quarterback. They have to get it done. Y'all stay tuned for that one, Sports City. I'm watching that closely too, because if the Bucks lose. I think Baker might be out of that position. The next one is probably one of the games of the one o'clock at least. The San Francisco 49ers at five and three on a three-game losing streak go into Jacksonville up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which they are six and two. The Niners are favored by three on the road. Let's set this thing off. Uh, Mike, I'll come to you first. Your thoughts on this game? Niners or Jags? I think they're both going to be six and three after today. I think the Niners break that losing streak. I think they win today, coming off the bye. Uh, I like the Niners today, but I think this is going to be a good football game. This is so. This is tough. This is so tough because I feel like Vegas is involved. I really feel like Vegas is involved. Uh, James, your thoughts on this game? Forty Niners or Jags? I'm also taking the Forty Niners. Um, Vegas involved, yeah. but. Not in the way that you think they are. Um, with Debo Samuel back, and it, it seems weird to think about a single wide receiver as this important to a Super Bowl contending offense, but when you look at the stats and the facts of the matter, they didn't do well when Debo was not in the lineup. Debo's back in. He can block well for Christian McCaffrey. He can catch. He can do it all. I think with Debo back, the San Francisco 49ers are ready to go. I'm taking them. Roger, who do you like? Niners or Jags? Yeah, I like what, what James said about Debo Samuels blocking there, and I think that's why Christian McCaffrey is going to have a huge game today. Um, I think he's going to be the difference maker. I can see Purdy. I'm the, I'm the less you know, less impact than than McCaffrey will. But um Brandon Ayuk and, and Debo and then back will will definitely open up for for Kittle and McCaffrey up the middle. So looking for McCaffrey to have a big game and yeah, forty ers get get the win at um at, at Everbank Stadium in Jacksonville. Man, I would hate to go against Christian McCaffrey in fantasy football this week. Oh oh that would suck. Um I'm going 49ers too, but this is why I said Vegas could be involved. I think a, a lot of people are going to pick the Niners because they don't think the Niners will go on a four-game losing streak. 
and this is where the whammy could come because Jacksonville is at home. This is what I want to watch closely. I feel like Jacksonville can stun the world and pull off that four-game losing streak. But I'm going with the Niners because I feel like the experience is there, and the Niners, they, they got to get out of this rut. If they don't, that was all fool's gold at the beginning of the year, that them being a top two, top one team, and they can't get out of the mud. They, they're stuck in the mud somehow, some way. With the addition of Debo coming back, I agree. I feel like this should be big for them. But, again, if, if Jacksonville pulls it off, I won't be stunned. I won't be, but I'm going with the 49ers. Ryan, tell me what's up with your boys or how you guys get it done. Yeah, I, I I don't love the fact that everybody is pulling for the 49ers because I will tell you this, Ty. When you said you were you, you thought Vegas is involved, uh, if you look at on paper, Jacksonville really should be the team that's favored. They're at home. They're on a six-game win streak. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the better mm-hmm. record. Um, they've got the better quarterback. Um, they they really should be the team favorite. Um, and and although you guys all made a compelling argument for um, why Debo is so valuable, I, I heard the pod last week, and I'm gonna go ahead and correct James. Uh, Debo is important, but but the big piece that's coming back is Trent Williams. He's missed the last two games, and the Niners just cannot run to the left when he's not there. The whole offense changes, and uh, they don't pass protect the same either. So having Trent Williams back is huge, and I could literally see this game going either direction, but what I'm going to go with is maybe a little bit of a surprise. You know I'm not going against my boys. I'm going to say this is a low-scoring Slugfest, which for these two teams, if you look at the point totals that they average, they've each had a week to prepare for the other team. Uh, I, I I could see both teams scoring less than 20. So I'm going to go Niners 17-14. He even gave me a score. Look at this. Okay, so let's keep on rocking. Um. Yeah, just for the sake of the time, I'm going to do it. Does anybody believe the Browns can beat the Ravens in Baltimore? Next game. Nope. Okay. Right across the board. Okay. The next game I have are the Atlanta Falcons going into Arizona up against the Cardinals. The Cardinals welcome back Kyler Murray at the quarterback position. Um, I'll go to you first on this one, Mike. Your thoughts on this game? Who do you like? I think Atlanta wins, but I don't feel good about it. I think Bijan has a decent day, but I'm going to take the Falcons and the Chester. Uh-oh, Brian's laughing. I'm going to let you go next, Brian. Your thoughts on this game, Falcons or, or dog, uh, listen, Cardinals? Listen, Mike took the words right out of my mouth. I think Atlanta wins this game. But I'm going to say it's because Atlanta traded, or uh, because Arizona traded away their best quarterback. Wow. Okay, James, who do you like in this game, Falcons or Cardinals? So I was all ready. I was 100% ready to take the Cardinals this week, and then I realized Call of Duty drop this week. Oh. <laughs> oh! I'm still taking the Cardinals. 
screw it. I I, I know I'm going to drop this game, but mm-hmm. in my football blog on SportsCHefs.com, I've been telling people just to wait for Kyler to come back. Stash him on the IR. Once he comes back, he's going to be a top ten quarterback in this uh, in this fantasy football season. For the game. Top 10, okay. Top 10. Okay, fine. Fine, okay, no problem. He's going to be a QB1 by the end of the season as far as the games that he is healthy for. Right. But Call of Duty drop this week, man. You know what? I'm still saying Cardinals. I'm going Cardinals. Go Cardinals. Roger, who do you like talking to Cardinals? Um... You just want to see Arthur Smith get, get a win. I don't know what's going on. They, they've, they've had some tough losses. It's, t- it's time for them to, to get a win. Uh, Kyler Murray's coming back. If Kyler Murray doesn't start playing well, he might as well go play baseball because he's he's a talented baseball sure. player. But he, he just, you know, Jonathan Garner, I don't know if he's the coach for him, but uh, I like that they, they've taken him from Philly and, and given him a chance. But, um, yeah, let's see, let's see where you've got Kyler Murray because what a talent just – just has to play, uh, has to play better. But I'm, I'm, I'm taking, I'm taking Atlanta. I think, I think Bijan has a big game. Like, um, yeah, I think, I think Bijan has a big game, and Atlanta gets the win. Arthur Smith gets the win. Jimmy, I am with you. I'm going with the Cardinals to pull off the upset. The Falcons have not played good on the road at all, and um, Bijan's gonna have to show me. Um, as much as I got Tyler Algier. They've been splitting carries, and you don't know who's going to get started. That Atlanta thing is just just so awkward to me. If if Heineke could out shoot a Murray at this point in time, it's going to be very interesting. I'm going with the Cardinals. Cardinals do have one of the better running attacks too in the league too. Just saying, just saying, they could put something up on the board. Okay. James back this week, by the way. So that's that another again. thing. Say it again. James Conner is back this week. Right, that, that that I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you, Jim. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, the next one. This one is is nerve wracking for me because <laughs> I've been worried about this game for the past ten days. The Detroit Lions take their talents to so far field up against the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, both of these teams need to get going on this game. Uh, the Lions have to prove that they can play well after the bye. The Chargers have to try to get to five hundred. Um, in which the Lions are favored by two and a half in L.A. I'll come to you first on this one, Roger. Who do you like in this game, Lions or Chargers? I think uh, the Chargers are starting to see um, the, what it's like not to have a Mike Williams out there, and, and it's really hurting them. But Austin Eckler and uh, Keenan Allen, what a receiver Keenan Allen is. Defensively, they got three pass rushers that can get to, get to Jad Goff, but... I just think the Lions are are playing playing good ball. I think the Lions are playing solid football. I think having Montgomery coming back will be big for them today. Um, yeah, I, I can't see. Yeah, I can see Detroit. Get, Detroit gets the win. Detroit gets the win. Yeah, Detroit picking Detroit. Okay, uh, Mr. Harvey, your thoughts on this game? Lions or Chargers in so far? I'm going to go with the Lions. Chargers are going to charge you. Oh, boy. Here we go already. Brian, who do you like in this game, Lions or Chargers? 
I'm going to go Lions, but just for, for betting purposes, anyone out there that's trying to figure out a game to bet on, you might want to bet on the over. There might be 70 points scored in this game. Uh, Jim, Lions and Chargers, who you have in L.A.? Um, so the Los Angeles Chargers have not scored – a bevy of offensive points, which let's say they haven't scored. I know they haven't scored more than 21 points from the offensive side of the football since Mike Williams went out. Austin Eckler is their best weapon, but they're going against the second best running offense or running defense in the entire NFL. As of right But at the same time, I am wearing the, a Detroit Lions jersey for the first time since week three of last season. Oh, which means, whoa. You're screwed, Ty. Whoa. 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 So, James, don't put yourself in that situation, James. You, put, you, you know, you think I'm losing, man. Yeah. Well, if you really like the team, why would you do that to him? You have the Jets You have so many other teams Why would you do that to the Detroit Lions <laughs> Thank you Four cities. You guys see what I go through Do y'all see what I go through God so you're taking the Lions I'm taking the Lions Oh man Everybody picked the dog Everybody picks my boys, man. Um, Sports City, I can't even be worried about this game no more because I really am worried about, like, Eckler. That's, like, Eckler to open up the passing game for Herbert. As much as I – when Herbert came out of Oregon, I wanted him in Detroit because Stafford was falling off. And then I really haven't seen too much change from Herbert as much as possible. I mean, he's the one that they come out to see. But at the end of the day, you see how he has to try to keep – continue to prove himself. This could be the game that it could happen, but I feel like my boys have done a good job so far at this point in time. The way the run defense has been playing, the way that people have been overlooking the, the secondary on the way Cam Sutton and Jerry Jacobs and them have been playing ball, and we're getting healthy. There's three people that are missing from the entire Lions team, and they haven't been healthy like this since week one, week two. So, um... I'm hoping they could put it together, um, especially the way Jack Campbell's been able to, to switch places with Alex Anzalone and let Anzalone go crazy. Hopefully they can get it done. But the one thing that Detroit could do to win this game is they have to stop that defensive front. they got to stop Bosa and Khalil Mack. If they could get these guys to stay off of golf, I feel like Detroit should be okay in L.A. But just like Brian said, I feel like this is going to be a shootout. Old Western. Forward down the field. You already know how I feel about this. Um, I'm going with Detroit, y'all. I, I I can't leave my dogs out here. But this game right here could prove that they have turned the corner. That that's what I really feel like. Uh, these are the type of games that could trap Detroit. And um, I feel like that if they win this game, this is the corner that they're turning. Okay, the next game that we have. Oh, oh God, is there anybody in here that believes the Giants could beat the Cowboys in Dallas? Ha! 
know. I know. I know. Hey, I know. I don't think you're going to beat them, but I'll I tell you this. After they got embarrassed like that week one, it, it'll be closer than it should be with their incompetent QP play. So what about what? So how about we do it this way? I believe the line is fourteen and a half. It was sixteen at one point. Hold on. No, hell no, it's seventeen and a half. God, Lee. I'll take the points. I'll take the points and the and the Giants. Okay, so we're gonna do it like that. Let me write it down in a different way. Okay, so Giants points covered for Brian. Mike, who do you like uh, with the with seventeen and a half? Giants or the Cowboys? That's that's a lot of points. Uh, I, I'm still gonna say the Cowboys, but that's a lot of points. I don't feel good about that. That is. Uh, Roger, who do you like with the seventeen and a half? I don't know, man. With Danny DeVito playing quarterback, <laughs> I, don't know, like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know it's like I I uh, it's gonna be uh, sad to say, isn't it? But um, Cowboys beat them by seventeen and a half points in an NFL game. I can't believe I'm saying that. You know, the talent level's still there, but damn, they just they look terrible. Just look terrible. Yeah, Cowboys get a rebound match. They need they need a big they need a big performance today. I think I think the Cowboys get that seventeen and a half points. Yeah. Uh, James, who do you like in that? Oh, with 17, I'm going to go with Brian, and I'm going to go with the Giants plus 17 and a half. Um, I'm going with the Cowboys, and it's not even close. You want to know why? Just like Roger said, Danny DeVito's a, he said Danny DeVito's the quarterback, right? Right? Mm-hmm. That offensive line is still crap, still. And if they so don't do this, they're gonna mess around and get Saquon hurt. They're gonna mess around and Saquon's gonna get hurt. They're gonna mess around, like always, force feeding them because they don't have a quarterback that can make the ball move. And it's like, here, Saquon, save us, but we're not gonna pay you. And then something happens. No, this is gonna be disgusting. And they already <laughs> lost forty to nothing in New York. Like I feel like the Giants may score. They will probably score. But if they score forty to nothing in Jersey. Like what? What do you think this score is gonna be out out here? It'd probably be like forty to twenty-one. It's still there. Like it's still there. I'm 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 saying the Cowboys covered that seventeen and a half. Yeah. The, the Giants are not scoring twenty-one points. I'll just throw that out there right now. No, I no, think no, so no, because no, once no, they no, get no, up, no, like wait, wait, hey, well, Giants on the under. You know, we know. Yeah, Brian, you get, what do you, what you, you mean? What I'm saying, Brian? Twenty-one points, right? Right, you get what I'm saying. You know what I mean. Like, I'm, no, I get it. Right. I'm saying, listen, right. this team, this team was absolutely embarrassed week one, and Dayball and company slapped around. I, I think you're overestimating. I, you know what? The one thing that Dallas struggles with is physicality. I, I, I think the defense steps up. I don't, I don't think that I don't think you're going to see Dallas score more than 24 points. Wow, I'm watching it. Let me write that down. Twenty-four points. <laughs> I'm with Brian again. I like this because wait, Brian, wait, I don't agree wait, with that often. I'm with him on this one. I feel like wait, Jeff wait, Dunham, wait, man. I'm like Jeff Dunham, and 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 uh, and, and James is my puppet. 
<laughs> oh, wow. The first couple of picks. Why would they trade away sexy Dex? That's this. That's just crazy. Sorry. Okay. The next matchup we have are the Commanders going into Seattle. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Um, Roger, I come to you first. The Commanders or the Seahawks in Seattle up against the 12 man. Who do you like and why? Uh, just like Seattle at home at the moment. It's just um, yeah, I think Geno's gonna have a have a good game. It should be a good match. I think it's about six points um, with the bookies, but uh, Seattle at Newman Field uh, are a different Seattle. Kenneth Walker is he's quickly becoming one of my favorite players in the NFL. I, I love him as a running back. I love him at Michigan State. I think he's going to have a good career up there. And, um, yeah, Pete Carroll just seems to be turning back the years. He's doing a great job. And they could be a, they could be a cedar step. This is a big game today for the Commanders. But um, I don't think they get it done. I can't see it. Seattle continue. Um, Mike, who do you like? Oh, Seattle. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, Seattle. Seattle can go six and three today. Seattle can go six and three. That's what I wanted to say today. If if they uh they get a win, Commanders are currently four and five. So yeah, it's just a must win for for Commanders almost. But Seattle get a win. Sorry, Ty. No, no, no. You're fine. I cut you off. I, I feel like it's a must win for both of these teams. If the Commanders want to stay in the hunt for a playoff position, and the Seahawks to try to keep pace out there in the West too, like because uh San Francisco's having their yeah. issues. You know what I mean? So. It's a must win for both teams. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on the game? Commanders or Seahawks? I think the Seahawks bounce back today after a tough game last weekend on the road. Um, I think they stay in contention for a wild card. I still don't think they win this division, but I think they stay in the playoff race. They're a more legit uh, playoff team than the Commanders, so I'll take the Seahawks at home. I'm going with the Seahawks as well. James, your thoughts? Commanders or Seahawks? I'm taking the Seahawks. I don't think they beat that six or six and a half that Vegas has got them at, but I still think they win the game. Brian, Commanders, or your division rival? Well, I'm going to go Seattle. I don't think it's that close. I, I Listen, you guys are talking about, you know, fighting for the playoffs, this and that. The, the, the Commanders traded – like half their team at the deadline. Remember, they got rid of Montez Sweat. They got rid of Chase Young. Um, yeah. I think I think at this point, I think they're they're going to want to see what they have for the future. You're going to have some younger guys playing. Um, I think Seattle takes care of business at home, one of the tougher places to play, and I I I think they handle business pretty easily, double digit. Okay, I don't know if I said it, but I'm going to say the Seahawks as well. If y'all didn't hear me. Uh, the Sunday night game, we have the New Jersey, New York Jets going into the Valley of Las Vegas up against these Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, can the Vegas turn this season around? Uh, the Jets are at 4-4. Four and four, The Raiders are at 4-5. and five. Who do you guys like in the middle of Allegiant Stadium in Vegas? I'll come to you on this one first, Rodri. Your thoughts on the game? Uh, Zach Wilson is my only question. I think he's got to get it done. Give the ball to Bryce Young. Let him run with it. But um, the way Antonio Pierce has sat that ship, stayed that ship, and what happened with, with McDaniels is just hilarious. It's just the locker room. He, lo- he completely lost that locker room, and it seems to be coming back. Max, Max Crosby's bringing him back. So 
that's going to be a tough game, and I think the Jets' defense is is a bit is a bit better than than Las Vegas is, and I also think that with with O'Connell starting a quarterback for the Raiders, I think that'll be a big difference maker. But um, Zach Wilson, let's see what you got because time is ticking, and he he needs to win this game. I think this is a must win for Zach Wilson. They all they all must wins really, aren't they? But you know, he has to win this game. So you're going Jets, right? I'm going Jets. Brian, who do you like in this game, Jets or Raiders? Well, this is the second game of the week that I think that the line is off on. Um, I They have the Raiders as the underdog. I think the Raiders are actually the better team. Um, I think they've played like it the last two weeks. I think, just like Rodri said, the, the reason why the – they're sub 500 is because Josh McDaniels was their head coach. They've kind of proven that. Um, I, I don't have faith in Zach Wilson to be able to do much. Um, O'Connell has at least been sh- shown that he can move the ball. So I, I like I like the Raiders in this game. Yes, the Raiders. Okay. Um, Mike, who do you like in this game, Jets or Raiders? Uh, you know, this is a hard game for me to pick, and I feel like we kind of got robbed with the primetime games this week. Man. Uh, but I think the Jets have a better overall roster. I think the Raiders have to play Aiden O'Connell at quarterback um, to at least figure out what you might have in this guy. Uh, but if Zach Wilson cannot mess up too bad, I think the Jets should win this game. I think it's going to be an ugly football game, but I'm going to take the I'm going to take the Jets. James, that's a Raiders in Vegas. I actually am with Ryan on this one again, which is gross. I need to take a shower after this, but um, oh. I am taking the Raiders. Um. I, I'm not as down on Aiden O'Connell as I am down on Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's be real. And the Jets, the biggest thing for me on this game is the fact that the Jets' offensive line is bad. Like, I didn't know, I didn't realize how bad they were until I saw them live. And it was bad. It was very bad, so I have a big game expected for Max Crosby. So I'm taking the uh, the, the Raiders to, to win a second game under their new head coach. Okay. Um, for the last hit for Monday night, is there anybody that believes Denver could come across the country and beat the Bills in Buffalo – while the Bills are trying to find themselves, anybody? New. Across the board we go. Okay. Um, I think if Buffalo had won last week, it might be a different answer, but I, I think that this team's going to bounce back on Monday night. All right. Well, we are at the tail end of the show. I need plugs and closeouts from each of you. Thank you for a very interesting opening of the show. 
I'm sorry I had to bring the charcoal and the lighter fluid for the New England situation. I live out here, y'all. I live out here. I got to. And the crazy part about it is while we were talking about it, I got a notification from Yahoo that just said Robert Kraft is disappointed in the Patriots. It was like, wow, the timing. The timing. So uh, stay tuned to that. Let me throw this one around the kitchen as best as I can. Roger, give me a plug, close out, shout out, anything that you'd like to promote as we shut down the doors here at the brunch. Um, just just promote you guys, really, and, and just to say, you know, how, how rare is it to have these, we have Brian on the West Coast, you guys up there on the East Coast, and Mike, and then me over here with with you, with you in the UK and Germany, and Germany just there. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's not many shows doing that. I, I, I promise you that much, and um, it's good to come on. Good topics. Great starting topics. I'm hearing like stuff about Belichick to the Chargers, and it's all being thrown out there at the moment. I mean, it's crazy, right? I mean, it is. It's just this this game is week to week. It's what have you done for me lately? And that's the end. It's a business at the end of the day, and we we're seeing it with these games. We're seeing it with the way Bill Belichick's name is being thrown around like he's never done anything. It's 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 crazy. It's crazy times in in the, in the world of sports and. And the NFL is getting bigger, and it's it's um it's great to come on and listen to your guys' opinions because you're all you're all great you know you're all great good good minds and I love coming on coming on and chatting with you and enjoy enjoy the games today guys enjoy enjoy it Just enjoy it you too you enjoy it thank you for coming through here we got to get you up here as much as possible I definitely need to hear that that good old. I don't know if I want to call you British. No, I don't call you British, man. You just my brother at the end of the day, man. I gotta hear that voice regardless at the end of the day. Um, Mike, I need a plug, close out, shout out, anything that you like to promote as we shut the doors here at the brunch. Man, it's uh real quick, check us out throughout the week. We got uh blogs, articles, shows coming up, sportscitychefs.com dot com is the website. Check us out. Thanks to PHI Apparel. Uh, you can check me out on USA Takedown on every Saturday morning between 8 to 10 a.m. Also a podcast show there. We cover uh, college wrestling and that kind of thing. Uh, listen, the uh, Florida Gators are going to have to beat Missouri or Florida State just to be bowl eligible. So I think Florida and uh, and Dion, no bowls for you guys this year. Um, really proud of this Pac-12 quarterbacks and a swan song for that conference, but shout out to Jaden Daniels. He's really doing some special things at LSU. And for the first time since uh, 1995, a defending women's champion lost their opening night game. So uh, basketball in full effect as well. We got lots going on uh, in this doggone kitchen, man. Thanks to UTP. Without you, I wouldn't be here, man. I appreciate you having me. Uh, shout out to those chefs, Roger. Good, good to hear your voice. As always, man, shout-out to Villain, uh, shout-out to Sirius, other chefs that are part of this network. Uh, good to hear Controversy on as well. And breaking news, Brian Hughes. Till next time, TP, man. Laissez-les-bon-ton-roulet. Peace. Worthy to check us out throughout the week. Worthy still cooking up that good old fantasy basketball. We got shows coming around, that is for sure. The cafe should be coming back soon, too. Y'all stay tuned with a lot of what we got going on around this doggone kitchen, that is for sure. Um... Again, like I said, I didn't get to get to all the topics because I didn't think the Blaze was going to get that hot, Sports City. It's a lot of stuff that I wanted to unleash. I didn't even get to talk basketball at all. But on that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the Chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs.
Sports City, Sports City. Kaboom, Sports City chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Uh-huh. <laughs>